Welcome to the On The Air podcast, a companion to On The Air magazine, a bi-monthly magazine for beginner to intermediate ham radio licensees. I'm your host and the editor of On The Air magazine, Becky Schoenfeld, W1BXY. Every month, the On The Air podcast extends material found in On The Air magazine to help you learn about the many things that the ham radio hobby and service has to offer. The On The Air podcast is sponsored by ICOM for the love of ham radio. Welcome to the June 2023 episode. This month, we're going to be taking a closer look at material from the May-June 2023 issue. In every May-June issue, we herald the arrival of ARRL Field Day. Field Day is the largest on-air amateur radio event every year. It is always eagerly anticipated. And uh, this year is no different, as hams look forward to the 2023 event, which will be June 24th and 25th. Uh, One field day fixture is the GOTA station, the Get On The Air station. Um, GOTA station contacts are worth five points this year in field day, so it's worthwhile to have a GOTA station as part of your field day setup. There are a few rules that apply specifically to the GOTA station, and here to set us straight on those are ARRL Radio Sport and Regulatory Information Manager Bart Yonke, W9JJ, and ARRL Contest Program Manager Paul Bork, N1SFE. Thanks Hi, for joining us. Hi, Hi. Hi Becky. Thanks for having us. First of all, what exactly is a, a get-on-the-air go-to station? My understanding of it is that it's sort of an outreach tool um, where interested members of the public or um, maybe new hams or people who have been away from ham radio for a long time can um, get on the mic and, and talk a little bit. Uh, is, that, is that about right? Is there more to it? Yeah, yeah. Basically, the the go to station is is it's a dedicated station at field that, that field day operators set up for the either the general public could be an unlicensed member of the general public, a, a visitor, or a newer ham, or even a relatively inexperienced, uh, inactive rather inactive experienced ham can get on the air and maybe try a new band or a new mode they haven't operated before. And uh, this is a a station that wouldn't normally um, present itself uh, because there are so many different classes of operation, Mm. but especially for portable uh, stations, uh, group uh, activities, this is their opportunity to have that station to um, allow, uh, as Paul had shared, uh, visitors to come in to to observe more of the casual operating. Uh, It's more inviting, perhaps, than the... Uh, the busier um, uh, HF stations that are on specifically in Morse code or specifically in voice. Um, it's it's leisurely, it's casual, it's intended to be comfortable, uh, inviting as, as we discussed. So it is a dedicated station. There isn't um, something that's going to be, say, an SSB station that, that maybe um, a group, a field day group is you know, working hard on this sideband station. They're trying to run. They're trying to really hit it hard. But it's also the go-to station. So if someone shows up, oh, mm-hmm. you know, we have to 
So that that doesn't happen. It's a it's a they're, dedicated station. They're, they're really welcome to do it in whatever fashion they yeah. want to do it. Um, a lot of groups will have a dedicated CW or a Morse code station. They'll have a dedicated voice, and then they'll have a dedicated voter. But some, yeah. for whatever reason, may decide just to take one of the first two stations and use it periodically as their go-to station. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, does it have to be um, a club that does a go-to station, or can just a group of friends who are doing field day together, can they decide to do a go-to station? Uh, go-to stations are limited to what's called a Class A and a Class F stations can operate go-to stations. A Class A field day station is three or more participants. So in other words, that wouldn't be just a single or a two-operator uh, couple friends yeah. setting up a go-to station saying we have a go-to station. It needs to be a uh, a bigger operation, a class A or F, and I believe there needs to be two or more base transmitters running. The The classification for field day mm -hmm. is based on the number of transmitters uh, simultaneously operating at any given time, the maximum number of tra transmitters simultaneously operating at any time during field day. So you need to have at least two or more, then you can actually add a go-to station to that. And, and the general principle of this is a portable operation. Mm -hmm. uh, again, class F stations may end up operating from a building, maybe the EOC or what have you, mm -hmm. but the Class A stations are intended to be uh, non-established uh, stations, not places that already had antennas uh, set up um, um, uh, year-round. So these would truly be setups in parks mm -hmm. and and recreation areas and places where stations would not normally be year-round. Okay, that makes sense because if uh, if you're hoping to engage. The public, mm -hmm. if you're hoping to, to spread information and awareness about ham radio, then I, it makes sense that, that that's where a go-to station would be appropriate. Absolutely. So, yeah. And we, we encourage groups to, to go to places that are truly public. Mm. So aside from your parks and, and, and areas such as that, uh, we've had groups that have set up in malls, mm -hmm. parking lots, um, various public places. Mm -hmm. So... Who's allowed to get on the air from a GOTA station? Um, can it be anybody? Is there anybody who's not eligible to, to get on and count for uh, the five points from a GOTA station? Well, typically a more experienced, uh, regularly active ham is really, that's really not the intent of the operator, it mm. should be an operator at the GOTA station. It's really meant for, regardless of your license class, mm -hmm. If you're relatively inactive or maybe even haven't operated a particular mode or band that the go-to station is operating on, it's like, hey, I want to try my hand at, you know, uh, RIDI, and I have never done a RIDI contact before, which is radio teletype. Mm -hmm. Even as an extra, I, you know, would be more than welcome to say, hey, why don't you sit down and try the RIDI station for a while? That, mm -hmm. that, would, that would be a very good example of a... Uh, experience ham being able to use it on maybe a mode or a band they're not normally using just mm -hmm. to try to broaden their experiences of like try something new it's like hey i might like this and or it could be a technician or novice class licensee who doesn't have hf a lot of hf privileges mm -hmm. wanting to try to get on 20 meter phone we welcome them too as well as unlicensed members of the general public and we've had number a uh, number of examples of unlicensed individuals coming, getting a, a first-hand experience of amateur radio, 
Um, this is particularly true for, say, um, uh, municipal uh, uh, organization representatives, police, fire, ambulance, who want to know more about amateur radio. Mm -hmm. And then they really get a good taste of it because they're invited to sit down and make contacts, mm -hmm. including uh, uh, congressional uh, representatives. And we like to herald those because these people not only get a firsthand experience of what amateur radio is about, but they can use that as their approach for various um, um, bill uh, presentations mm -hmm. in Congress when it comes time to talk about what can amateur radio truly do. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing to know, especially about uh, unlicensed operators, there needs to be a licensed control operator present per FCC rules. There needs to be a licensed control operator mm -hmm. present anytime an unlicensed operator is operating to go to the station. In other words, you can't just have you can't just show up and start getting on the air. You need to have a licensed control operator, and that also applies to uh, a technician or novice class licensee wanting to operate in the example general portions of band. There needs to be a general class control operator present and actually present at the station supervising to make mm -hmm. sure that FCC rules are met. So it is very important. The, the field day rule, uh, the FCC rules rather are not relaxed at all for yeah. field day. So it, it's important to make sure that you are still operating your station within the confines of, of a, a amateur radio license. Exactly. So the, uh, the control operator at the GOTA station, is that the same thing as a GOTA coach? I know there's a mention of the GOTA coach in the, the uh, field day rules. Well, they're similar. I mean, there should always be a control operator present, mm -hmm. regardless. You know, say you're a technician class license and you're operating on two meters, mm -hmm. which you have privileges for. You don't need an external control operator there because you're operating within the confines of your license. The GOTA coach is more specifically a person there to guide and coach and answer questions. Mm -hmm. Uh, to somebody who may have questions, and those are really th that's what the go to coach is. I mean, they're very similar because I'm sure a control okay. operator can perform the same duties. Uh, the control operator may also be the go to coach. Mm. Uh, again, the way the rules are set up, we have a, a bonus points can be earned for having a dedicated go to coach present for at least ten contacts. In other words, if you sit down here, you need some coaching, you have made ten contacts. The station can, uh, the field day operation get a 10, I'm sorry, a 100 point bonus for having a coach present for 10 contacts. Okay. So, uh, what kind of ham credentials do you have to have to be uh, a GOTA coach at a GOTA station? Well, you should be experienced in guiding people in their um, uh, beginning uh, of experiencing amateur radio. Um, somebody with patience, hmm. somebody who uh, perhaps at a club level um, has provided that level of mentoring hmm. and um, support to maybe other club members. Um, so this person, again, is going to be generally a higher class of licensee, hmm. somebody who's had a broader experience in, in logging applications so that they can uh, describe how logging works without doing it themselves mm. because the, the operators of the station need to be doing their own logging um, and explaining how to tune in stations, how to remain within the frequency range that's permitted by the license class of the control operator, mm -hmm. basically to keep them within the confines of the rules, but also to have them 
uh, enjoy the full breadth of experience that is available to a participant. So let's say somebody is a new ham, uh, got their technician license, you know, two weeks prior or a month prior to field day, um, is, is looking for a way to uh, get on the air. They've got the mic fright. They're, they're worried about getting yelled at. Um, it sounds like this go to station might be a safe place for them to sit down in front of a radio. Um, how, how much or little might somebody be able to do? Um, if, if, uh, if they say, you know, I, I just want to, I just want to log or I just mm -hmm. want to talk. Can you log for me? Um, it, are there options like that, uh, possible? I, I, you can do as little or as much yeah. as you want. Uh, there's really no, there's no limit. There's no minimum. If, if somebody wants to sit at the go to station while somebody else is on the mic and log for them, they're more than, again, that, mm -hmm. count, that counts as an, that, that counts as part of an operating. Mm -hmm. So somebody can sit and log or um, maybe somebody doesn't want to log and they just want to talk mm -hmm. or what, or use FT8 or whatever mm -hmm. they happen to be using. We, we stipulate that as not being the go-to coach doing it, though. Okay. So the coach will be the official observer of sorts, mm -hmm. uh, the guide, the mentor. Uh, but if you have two or three people who want to participate in the go-to operation, um, you have them take turns. Have somebody who doesn't have the mic fright, let them start. Mm -hmm. Let the, another of the go-to operators log for them. And then they can take turns. And... They can see what the process is uh, by observing how somebody else did it and then mm -hmm. switch off. Yep. Uh, I would imagine that this varies depending on uh, how busy a, an operations go to station mm -hmm. is. But sure. is it possible to um, for somebody to, to operate at a go to station for you know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour? Do Are there opportunities to sort of really get in some practice if the station isn't busy? Oh, absolutely. Uh, there used to be a limit to how many contacts a specific go-to operator could make. For 2023, those restrictions have been lifted. Hmm. So you can make, as again, as little or as many contacts as you want to make. Again, if there's a line of operators waiting to use the go-to station, you know, common sense and courtesy would pretty much stipulate that you'd want to give other people a chance to get at it. But if, you know, there's nobody there at the go-to station and you want to sit down and make contacts, go for it. Right. Absolutely. And uh, a key to all of this is that these can be contacts with the same stations that your other two, one or two or more primary transmitters have already worked oh. because it operates under a different call sign. So the go-to station to the outside world looks like a completely separate operation to this, to your own uh, focused uh, in-camp uh, group. Um, it's just another call sign within the um, confines of, of this portable operation. And it gets to work all the stations uh, uh, again, technically. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. So if it's a different call sign for the go-to station, do they tend to use the, the call sign of the control op for the go-to station? So if a club or a, a group is operating a, a go-to station, they're going to pick a call sign to use for that that is different than the primary call sign. Mm -hmm. It could be that of one of, the, one of the club members. Maybe it's an easy call sign that sounds 
good over the air so you don't have a confusing call sign, maybe a, a shorter call sign, but any call sign can be used as long as the the person who holds that call sign gives permission for the club to use their call sign. Exactly. Okay. So contacts made from a GOTA station are worth five points each. Yep, no limit. And so now there's no limit. There used to be uh, a limit, but starting this year, there's there's no limit to how many mm -hmm. points um, you can you can add uh, to your correct. score. Yes, oh, exactly. Okay. And, and and that's five points regardless of what mode you're using. You could mm -hmm. be using phone, CW, or digital mode. They're all worth five points. Oh, great. So as the other field day station points, they're they're different depending on what mode you're using. But for go to station, they're all worth five points. Exactly. Cool. Um, so if someone is listening to this podcast, um, maybe they're a new licensee, maybe they're not licensed at all, um, and a GOTA station sounds like a good way for them to get some on-air experience mm -hmm. with a helper right next to them, is there a way that folks can find a field day operation that has a GOTA station so they can make plans to to head to that field day operation and, and get some practice in? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, ARL has a, what's called a field day locator, which is on our website at www.arl.org slash field-day-locator. Uh, that is also available off of our main field day uh, webpage as well. Mm -hmm. But that will bring up a map which will show locations of field day operations near you. And each one of those locations will have information about that specific operation, including if they do have a go-to station. So not all will have go-to stations. And it will also list contact information for the individual organizations or individuals that are hosting that field day. So if you have any questions, you can direct them to them directly. And that, that detail also includes if they have a talk-in. So if you're a VHF technician and you see that they have a talk-in, you can actually go on to the repeater frequency often and get directions, find out more about their operation. Uh, if they um, are looking for additional support in whatever fashion, maybe before the event, mm -hmm. setup as always, uh, the more hands uh, makes for light work for, for them doing so, even taking down when it's time to disassemble the station when they're done. So if, uh, if someone thinks they, they found a nearby operation that they wanna check out, um, should they contact the group ahead of time and say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about coming down, what might be a good time, or can they just show up? I mean, typically it's not required, but it wouldn't be a bad idea just to you know, give people a heads up. It's, it all depends on your comfort level. You know, there, field day is open to the public. That's the whole purpose of it being on the map. And, you know, so these are open to the public operations, but it, it you know, again, if that if the person planning on showing up wants to make sure there's going to be somebody there to coach them or they have questions, I, you know, again, it's not required, but it wouldn't, you know, it all depends on your comfort level. Okay, great. Well, um, I know we've got a rules page up on mm -hmm. the website where the, the complete rules are. Yeah. Um, I think we've got that at uh, arl.org slash field hyphen day hyphen right. rules. Um, and uh, I even took a look at the rules, and it looks like sections four and seven of the rules talk a little more about go to stations yep. and and what they do and how. So uh, so if you're looking for more information about go to stations and and how the rules affect them, that's where you can go. 
Um, and uh, as Paul mentioned, if you're looking for an ARL field day operation that includes a GoTo station, you can visit the ARL field day locator tool at arl.org slash field hyphen day hyphen locator. And uh, I was just looking at the locator tool yesterday and uh, around our neck of the woods um, in New England, there are a whole lot of operations just dotting that map everywhere. And I know over the, the next few weeks, uh, even more of them oh, are going to pop up. There's a lot being added every day. Yeah. I, 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 part of what I've been doing lately is helping manage people get those you know, pins in the right place and the, the information uploaded. And also, you know, there's tons of information about Field Day at, at the Field Day webpage, too, not just the rules. There's all sorts of frequently asked questions pages, and there's a, a, a just a plethora of information for uh, new and experienced Field Day uh, participants. Right. And, and for the people who are organizing the event, uh, mm -hmm. social media information, um, proclamations uh, uh, templates in case they've uh, engaged the... Uh, the local uh, municipal um, mayor or perhaps the governor of the state um, so that they can get a greater, broader amount of publicity. Um, just a, a, a plethora of good and helpful info. Well, thanks again, Bart and Paul, for being with us today. And uh, the On the Air podcast will be back in July. But for now, 73. Thanks, Becky.